Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Brianna Approved Podcast. We have a very special guest today. We have Dr. Nathan Bryan, who's a nitric oxide scientist. So Dr. Bryan has quite the credentials, so I'm really excited to share not only all of his knowledge, but a little bit about his background. He earned his undergraduate Bachelor's of Science degree in biochemistry from the University of Texas at Austin and his doctorate degree from Louisiana State University School of Medicine, where he was actually the recipient of the Dean's Award for Excellence in Research. And you know that everybody here that listens loves all things research. (laughs) He then pursued his postdoctorate training at Boston University School of Medicine in the Weidhaker Cardiovascular Institute. (laughs) Yeah, I said that wrong. We'll get we'll get into that. Um, and he was also a professor at the University of Texas Health Center for nine years. But wait, there is more. So Dr. Bryan has also been involved in nitric oxide research for the past 18 years. He's an inventor of a couple of different products, which we will talk about at the end. And he's the author of Functional Nitric Oxide Nutrition. So Dr. Bryan, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for the kind introduction and thanks for having me. Yeah, lifelong learner, obviously. Love that you won the um, the award for excellence in research. So I think now more than ever with the social media world that we live in and everybody pretending to be a health guru, it's so important to have some research. So I, you know, I have a lot of, before we get into all things nitric oxide, since you're like the nitric oxide king, I would love to hear maybe some advice for people who are looking to get more credible research, um, where are some ways to kind of wave through some of that? And maybe it's just a couple of tips that, you know, um, you could pass along. Cause I have a lot of people on here who are very research heavy and love all things science. Well, you know, unfortunately you can find anything you want on the internet, whether it's true or false. And so it's, it's very difficult to find credible research just with a simple search. I send people to PubMed. I mean, it's the database for peer reviewed, publications in reputable scientific and medical journals. So if it passes the rigor of peer review and you get it published in a scientific and medical journal, then it's gone through some type of review process. And it's not just somebody's opinion that caused themselves a research. Absolutely. Being research literate is just as important as being label literate or anything else. So I'm glad that you said PubMed because that is always where I also direct people. Um, so when I was doing a little bit of research on you, Mr. Research, I know that you were kind of one of the first people to sort of describe nitrite and nitrate, right? As sort of these really important nutrients that we need for, you know, cardiovascular health and a whole bunch of other things. So let's take it like a step back. And can you explain to some people the difference between the two? Because I think sometimes people, you know, get confused or use them interchangeably. So what's kind of, you know, what's the main, some of the main differences? Well, I'll take it a step further back from that. We stumbled upon this research because we were interested in in nitric oxide. So nitric oxide is a gas and it has a half-life of less than one second. It's naturally produced in the body. So when you try to figure out if you can make nitric oxide, it's, it's difficult to measure and detect nitric oxide gas. So what we have to do is measure the oxidative metabolites of this, which, is, which are nitride and nitrate. So that's what we stumbled upon and really used these two molecules as kind of a proxy for nitric oxide production. And just like in any research, you have to have a negative control. So if you want to implicate nitric oxide in some of these studies, then you give the oxidative metabolite as your negative control. And what we found was that nitride basically was indistinguishable from giving nitric oxide. So that led us to believe, okay, well, nitride is not an oxidative metabolite that doesn't have any biological activity. It actually induces the same biochemistry as nitric oxide itself. Then we realized, well, nitride and nitrate are found in the diet. So you can actually get these molecules through dietary means. 
And so nitrate is NO3 minus. It's a very stable metabolite. It's found in green leafy vegetables, kale, arugula, spinach, but it's inert in humans. Humans don't have an enzyme to metabolize nitrate. So we're dependent upon the bacteria to do it for us. And then they reduce the nitrate to nitrite, which then the body uses to make nitric oxide. So what you have to do is you look for foods or product technology that have standardized amounts of nitrite and or nitrate. So then when consumed, the body can use that to make nitric oxide. Love that. I mean, if anybody needs a Cliff Notes version of biochemistry, just hop on <laughs> to the first 10 minutes of the podcast. Uh, I know a follow-up question that a lot of people would have, and this was actually on my list of questions, but some... Well, I would love to hear your opinion, actually, because I, I think there's a time and a place for supplements. Always, they're meant to supplement mm -hmm. the diet, right? Um, and then, of course, there's going to be some food sources. But what are some great options to maybe increase in the diet to get some more of those nitrates? But also, at what point should you maybe start saying to yourself, maybe I could utilize a supplemented form of this? Well, you make a very good point. You always want to use diet and lifestyle as a first means of intervention. Uh, supplementation, second, drug therapy, last third, if not last, uh, because the body's designed to do what, you know, the body's designed to heal itself, provided you give it what it needs. So in terms of nitric oxide, there are two ways the body makes nitric oxide. One is through an enzyme called nitric oxide synthase that uses arginine to make nitric oxide. But supplementing with arginine or arginine-rich foods typically doesn't do anything because your body makes enough arginine through the urea cycle that you don't need to supplement arginine. So we can, we can put that to bed. And that's been a topic of discussion for the past probably 30 years or so. Um, the other is nitrate. And, you know, it's typically the, the dark green leafy vegetables. The darker the green, the more nitrate in the form of nitrogen you have in those vegetables. But the challenge is, you know, we, we published this on 2015. We went to five cities across the U.S. and just measured the nitrate content of vegetables and found that, you know, broccoli or celery in Dallas was, you know, 50 times more nitrate than celery bought at the same retail grocer in New York City. So it depends on where you live, how these vegetables are grown. And then another kind of uh, interesting observation was organically grown vegetables have typically 10 times less nitrate than conventionally grown. Wow. So there's really no way. I mean, we can make recommendations, and that was the whole purpose of the study. How much broccoli or celery or kale or spinach would you need to eat to get enough nitrate to manage your blood pressure and improve performance? A very important question. And the, the results from that was we really can't make any dietary recommendations because it depends on which vegetable you're eating, where the food is grown, how it's grown, and how fresh it is on the shelf. So in it, from that perspective, you almost have to supplement because there's no way you can know if you're getting enough nitrate from your diet. And we know that you know we've, we've patterned certain diets like the Japanese diet, the Mediterranean diet, the dietary approaches to stop hypertension. All of those dietary patterns are beneficial because they exceed the threshold of nitrate that's needed to make nitric oxide. And the other, and so nitrate, nitric oxide is critically important, but you know, their data dating going back to the 1940s, there's as much as a 78% loss in nutrients, all nutrients in plants, in vegetables from 1940s to the early 2000s. So the pressure of feeding a growing population has resulted in in food that's less nutrient dense. And so I think we have to supplement certain things because we're just not getting it from the diet. And I, but I, I'm not a big fan of supplementing everything. I think you have to test, you can do micronutrient analysis and see which nutrients or vitamins you're missing and then supplement those. 
We know we have an epidemic of nitric oxide deficiency, so it's almost uh, impossible not to have to supplement with nitric oxide just because of the world we live in. EMFs, toxic chemicals from the environment, the drinking water, you know, everything we do uh, disrupts nitric oxide production. Hey, y'all. If you know me and you've been a longtime follower, you know there are a few things that I absolutely love. I love doing research, I love being productive, and I love having lots of energy. But I know from time to time, finding the motivation to be productive can become difficult. So I actually want to talk to you about this amazing little drink that I have been taking that has not only improved my morning routine, but also my productivity. And the best part is I do not have to give up my coffee because, you know, your girl loves a fun fact of the day while I sip cafe. So I want to talk to you about Magic Mind, a great formula that has adaptogens, matcha green tea, nootropics, and 12 ingredients that can really just help get you on the next level of your motivation, your to-do list, and your just creative flow. As with anything when it comes to our health, we know the power of compounded interest. So the benefits of drinking this every day builds with daily use. So if you are somebody who is maybe looking to become more productive, you want to potentially replace your morning coffee, you want to get into a flow state, you want to feel less stressed, you want to be more creative, this is something that you absolutely want to add to your morning routine. You know that I love utilizing botanicals and plant medicine, so there's a great formulation in here of ashwagandha and rhodiola. There's also lion's mane and cordyceps, as well as bacopa. So I absolutely love this product. And because I love it so much, you know that I want to be able to share this with you. Go check them out at magicmind.co slash approved and join a community of go-getters. You can also use my discount code, which is approved20 to get 40% off your first subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. My 40% off code only lasts 10 days, so hurry up, don't sleep on this, and I can't wait to hear how y'all love this formula. Yeah, living life these days, you know? I mean, we're doing the best that we can. But I love that you actually gave, I know people hate that kind of answer when it's like, well, what should I do? And it's not clear cut. And I'm always like, right. But there's always kind of like a hierarchy of like, here's where we should start. And then we kind of go up the rank. And so if somebody was like, okay, this sounds really interesting. This sounds cool. What are some number one, maybe like lifestyle pieces that could support yeah. nitric oxide production in the body? And then we'll secondarily talk about some other, maybe like who would actually know or benefit from that. So what are some like dietary things or lifestyle? You already touched on diet, but maybe more yeah. lifestyle things that could negatively or positively impact what's going on with our nitric oxide. Well, going back to your comment, I mean, there, there is no silver bullet and there is no one size fits all for everything. Everybody's different. And everybody has different metabolic demands. And so everybody's kind of support system is going to be different. And that's where, you know, we're in this area of personalized medicine, and that's the basis of this. So what we're finding is, you know, a lot of the things we do on a daily basis are disrupting nitric oxide production. Number one thing is using antiseptic mouthwash. You know, we don't take an antibiotic every day because we know it disrupts the oral, the, the GI microbiome. So why in God's name would you use an antiseptic mouthwash every day to disrupt the oral flora and the bacteria? 
So what we're finding in our research and research of others is if you use mouthwash, you disrupt the oral microbiome, it shuts down nitric oxide production, it causes an increase in blood pressure, and you lose the protective benefits of exercise. So if you're using mouthwash, you have to stop. I mean, it's probably one of the most damaging things you can do besides taking an antacid. Um, and so that's number one. Number two is you have to get rid of fluoride. You know, get rid of fluoride toothpaste. Fluoride is an antiseptic. It kills bacteria. It's a neurotoxin and it kills your thyroid function. So if you're using fluoride-based toothpaste or getting fluoride rinses at your dentist, refuse those, throw them away, um, you know, get rid of fluoride. So those two things will maintain the normal microbiome in the oral cavity. You know, there's numbers to, to, to corroborate these, these observations. There's 100 million Americans that wake up every morning and use mouthwash. And there's 200 million Americans that have an unsafe elevation in blood pressure. Yeah. It's not a coincidence. We're finding that if you use mouthwash, shut down nitric oxide production, and you get high blood pressure. The second thing is antacid. You need stomach acid to make nitric oxide. And again, over 200 million prescriptions written for antacids every year. And that's not even counting the, the number that are purchased over the counter. So if you shut down stomach acid production, you decrease nitric oxide production. And now there's clear evidence that people who have been on an acids for three to five years have about a 35% higher incidence of heart attack and stroke. So your body cannot and will not heal without stomach acid and your body cannot and will not heal without nitric oxide. So stop doing those three things. Get rid of mouthwash, get rid of fluoride and stop using antacids. That alone will transform a person's life. Uh, and then you can start doing the things that have been clinically proven to stimulate or activate nitric oxide production more green leafy vegetables, moderate physical exercise. Look, we have to move, we have to be active. That stimulates nitric oxide production. And then light therapy, you know, 20 or 30 minutes of sunlight a day. I sit in an infrared sauna uh, every day when I'm, when I'm home. So light therapy is extremely beneficial, especially during the winter months. Um, and so those three things, and that's actually cost savings. You stop using mouthwash, you stop using an acid, that's gonna save you money. And your body will thank you for it. The other things are just common sense. Just yeah. eat a balanced diet, get physical exercise. All of those things promote nitric oxide production. As we know, common sense is not so common. I also <laughs> love the language that you use because this is how you know that you do a lot of research. When you say things like promote and support, right? Like that's like what the literature talks about. And I feel like there does need to kind of be more of a conversation around even training now because everybody's a practitioner or a coach or whatever you want to call yourself, you know, just silly willy making these really, really aggressive claims, especially from a dietary supplement side of things, but also from a legal side of things. And then just helping people's health, you know, like not to your point, yeah. one thing's not going to fix everything, but you also can't, you know, legally you can't prevent, cure, mitigate diseases, but this idea of actually using proper research language of what is the mechanism of action in the body is That's so right. important. So I'm so happy that you said that. Well, you know, I think from a, from a supplementation and a dietary or nutritional standpoint, we can't make those claims. But we have, you know, four drugs in, in FDA-approved clinical trials to where we, we've seen the benefits of nitric oxide to the extent that we've, we've put this through uh, FDA-approved drug trials and trying to get drug claims. Because we know the science tells us there's really not a single disease that nitric oxide wouldn't correct or at least help. So we have a drug in phase three clinical trials now for covid we know that COVID is a disease of nitric oxide deficiency. Most people get COVID, they recover, they get mild symptoms, but they're at-risk populations. The older population, African-Americans, Hispanics that have an underlying uh, previous heart attack, diabetes, obesity, those are the people at risk for getting sick, hospitalized, and dying from COVID. Those are the patients that are nitric oxide deficient. 
So now we, we, we have our drug you know, phase three clinical trial. Within 72 hours of exposure or diagnosis of COVID, we start the treatment, keep people out of the hospital, keep them off a ventilator and keep them from dying. Now we've got a drug for Alzheimer's, ischemic non-obstructive coronary disease, and we actually have a, a topical drug for diabetic ulcers. So we're, we're actually taking this core technology where we're supporting and promoting from a nutritional and dietary supplement standpoint, but using that same technology to go through the rigor of FDA approved clinical trials. That way, if you're really sick, you go to your physician, he can write the prescription for nitric oxide drug. I love that. That's so amazing. And that's so innovative. And I, the way my brain always works is like, I try to reverse engineer things a lot where I'm like, okay, what are the common denominators and what's the mechanism of action of whether it's a supplement or a drug or whatever it is that like, what pathways is it working on? And when I heard you just explaining some of that, what I'm also hearing is a lot of that is kind of linked back to mitochondrial dysfunction, you know, and I think imbalances there. So do you kind of see any of that as well in your research over the years? Yeah, we do. So in th- there's an evolution of the science. So at first, nitric oxide was recognized as a, as a vasodilator, meaning that it dilated the blood vessels and improved oxygen neutralism. So that explained a lot. But then when you look at the subcellular level and look at mitochondria, because every single chronic disease has dysfunctional mitochondria. So there's electron leakage from the mitochondrial trans- electron transport chain that causes oxidative stress. Nit- nitric oxide recouples that. And so you actually improve ATP production or cellular energy production with less oxygen. So we know there's a clear role for nitric oxide in mitochondrial function. Furthermore, nitric oxide induces mitochondrial biogenesis, which means that if you have sufficient nitric oxide, you have more mitochondria generating more energy more efficiently with less oxygen. So it basically makes you a well-oiled machine. Love that. We all need more of that for sure. So it's, it sounds like most, uh, most everybody, I don't like to make, you know, claims like that, but a lot of people could obviously benefit from this. Is there anybody that maybe should tread lightly or they should monitor it a bit more of saying like, you know what, maybe using more nitric oxide might not be for me, or are there any kind of like, you know, indications that, you know, we should be aware of? Well, just like any, any molecule or any substance, you know, there's, there's dose dependence, right? Dose dictates the poison. Um, and so too little nitric oxide is bad, too much nitric oxide can be bad. But the signs of toxicity of nitric oxide or low blood pressure, what we call hypotension, and a condition called methemoglobinemia, where you oxidize the, the hemoglobin in your red blood cells and reduce the oxygen carrying capacity of the blood. So with that, you'll see cyanide on the lips, your lips will turn blue, you basically become cyanotic, and it's, you know, it can be deadly. But in terms of supplementing or using nutritional means, it would be very, very difficult to reach that level of toxicity if you use products as directed. But in terms of indications, we really haven't seen any indication where, again, it's the right amount of nitric oxide at the right time where it wouldn't be beneficial. The only thing that we could even conceive or conceptualize would be sepsis. But we know from 20 years ago that you know, sepsis was thought to be an overproduction of nitric oxide, systemic vasodilation, hypoperfusion, end organ failure, and death. And so the clinical trial actually gave a, a nitric oxide inhibitor, and those patients that got the active drug actually had a higher mortality than those that didn't. So that told us, well, nitric oxide isn't contributing to sepsis and, and death from sepsis and end organ failure. So, but again, I think it's the right amount of nitric oxide at the right time. But, you know, whether you're you know, relatively young and healthy, like we are and very health conscious and won't, we don't have any symptoms. I think it's important 
you know, at least for me, from a scientific standpoint, that we have to continue to stimulate and promote nitric oxide production. I do that through supplementation. Or if you're somebody who's already sick or have overt disease, you know, from those, it's more obvious that you can take it and try to reverse the symptoms or, you know, mitigate the disease process itself. So before we move on to talk about the supplement that you, I know, formulated and all of that, I, I want to dive into that. But I kind of like to always recap at it. My mom taught eighth grade for 34 years, and it's always like, <laughs> let's just circle back and keep it very simple. So if very somebody different. is very new and they hear this episode and they're like, yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm going to go start taking nitric oxide. What are some benefits that maybe they could expect to feel or should be aware of to sort of check in with themselves to be like, maybe I need to take more, maybe I need to take less. What are some of the benefits maybe? Well, you know, if you're like me and you take it, uh, you don't feel anything. I mean, you just like when I take a daily vitamin C or vitamin D, I don't feel that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we can test our blood levels for vitamin D, vitamin C, and know if we're within the normal range. Nitric oxide, not, not so much. So about 12 years ago, I developed a salivary test strip that'll tell you your nitric oxide status. And so you just apply some saliva, spit on the end of this test strip. And if it turns bright pink, that tells you your body's making nitric oxide. If it doesn't turn pink, it tells us your body's not making nitric oxide. So that's one good way to kind of monitor your levels. Um, but, you know, what we're finding is that if you're really, really sick, so for, the easiest is high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. If you have high blood pressure, you take an active nitric oxide product, 20 minutes later, test your blood pressure, you'll see a reduction in blood pressure. Now, you may or may not feel that but it's certainly quantifiable and it's an objective measure of something happening in your body. Uh, the other thing is, you know, the first sign and symptom of nitric oxide deficiency is usually sexual dysfunction, erectile dysfunction in both men and women. So if you can't dilate the blood vessels of the sex organs, you can't get an erection, you become anorgasmic. And that's because it's a loss of nitric oxide. So in some cases we, we hear people, obviously better blood pressure management, better sexual function, Better cognition, if you're opening up blood flow to the brain, you can recall memory better. Um, those are, and, and better energy, better workout performance. Those are probably our top three or top four responses we get from people who start on a, a nitric oxide. I love that. My dad actually uses those nitric oxide strips. His, his acupuncturist down in North Carolina was the one who turned him onto yeah. it. And I went to go visit him and he's like, you got to spit on these strips right now. So that was how our family bonding started. So we all nice. love nitric oxide in the Diorio household. Um, so, so I do know that you have your, I think it's called the NO2UO nitric yeah. oxide. It's a lozenge. So um, I would love to hear a little bit about kind of just the inception of the formulation behind it. You probably had just been, you know, like just doing so much research. Can you maybe talk about that maybe how somebody would titrate up even taking something yeah. like that, or just maybe some points differentiation of, you know, your, you know, formulation versus maybe some of the other ones that are out there, just, you know, giving your 30,000 foot view of your amazing formula. Well, this has been an evolution of science over the past 20 years. And so, you know, as we went, go back and look at nitric oxide, it's a gas with a half-life of less than a second. So the challenge, not just for us, but for big pharmaceutical companies who've been trying to develop safe and effective drug therapy for a number of years, how do you make a bioactive gas in the form of a solid dose delivery that has a stable shelf life? Now that, that says a lot, but that, there's, that's not a trivial pursuit, right? So what we had to do was create an orally disintegrating tablet. When the active components come together as it's slowly dissolving in the mouth, then it generates nitric oxide gas. So our whole premise in all this was if your body can't make nitric oxide, then we have to do it for you. 
It's like if your body can't make vitamin D or you're not converting vitamin D, you have to take vitamin D. Well, nitric oxide is a gas, so we have to deliver that gas through an oral delivery system. And so over the past really 15 years, we've been able to simplify this. And really what we do in the whole scheme of things is just give a standardized amount of nitrite, provide the uh, potential uh, that allows for the flow of electrons to reduce nitrite into nitric oxide. And that's how the lozenge works. You put it in your mouth, we generate nitric oxide gas. We can see dilation of the blood vessels within typically 10 or 12 seconds. We know it's active. We can measure nitric oxide coming out of the breath as the lozenge is dissolving. So every quantifiable objective measure around nitric oxide, those lozenges pass the test and, and tick the box. So that's our latest um, lozenge. It's no2u.com, no, the letter two, the, the, uh, or the number two, the letter u, uh, com. And that's really, we've got some really innovative new beet powders. You know, beet, beet products have been on the market now for more than 10 years since the 2012 Olympic Games. And they do very well, but a lot of people don't like the taste of beets. Mm -hmm. So we've created an innovative way to ferment the beets, take the beet pulp, the beet fiber out of them, and create a great tasting clear powder that when dissolved in water, you mix, two, you mix it in two to three ounces of water, you shoot it and it delivers nitric oxide systemically and it's an amazing product. We'll have that out in the next probably four to six weeks. I love that. And for everybody listening, this will also be in the show notes so you can go and click the links and all of that. Um, it's so funny. I tell people, I'm sure you've seen this too, like people have taken shots of way worse things in their 20s, 30s, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, you can handle some beet powder or whatever, aloe vera juice, like whatever you want to take to help benefit. So I think it's so yeah. funny where people kind of draw the line. Um, so let's say someone wants to take this. Is there, number one, an ideal time to take this like morning, night, should they be taking it with food? Um, you know, any, any of that kind of information as well. Well, it's best to take it on an empty stomach because as that lozenge is dissolving, when you swallow your saliva now for the next several hours, you're going to get a burst of nitric oxide. So we create this in terms of a time dose or a time delivery uh, or time lapse of it. So when the lozenge is dissolved, that acute activity goes away, but now you're swallowing your saliva for the next three to four to five hours. And every time it hits the acid environment of the stomach, it's generating nitric oxide gas again. That's then absorbed and distributed throughout the body. So I tell people, you know, especially older people, you know, most heart attacks happen before 10 a.m. every morning. So if you're if you're at risk for heart attack or stroke, obviously the best thing to do is take it first thing in the morning. We've designed this lozenge that has about a six to eight hour half-life. Wow. So they get best coverage one in the morning, one in the afternoon, 12 hours apart. And that provides you 24 hour coverage. I love that. Um, I just, I want to talk about the nitric oxide skincare as well, but I yeah. did have a, a question that popped up that I know because you were talking about lozenge that people are going to say, okay, well, if I can't use mouthwash anymore, um, can I do something still like oil pulling or is there an alternative for maybe giving that up like a lateral move? Well, the simple question, the simple answer is we don't know. You know, what we do know is that things like scope, Listerine, chlorhexidine, any kind of alcohol-based antiseptic mouthwash disrupts the oral microbiome, shuts down microtoxin. What we don't know, and just because we haven't done the experiments, is we don't know anything about oil pulling. We don't know anything about, you know, uh, essential oils. Uh, but anything that indiscriminately kills bacteria, both good and bad, is probably not going to be a good thing. Because it's, you know, you got to realize that the microbiome has its own ecology. And so the good guys keep the bad guys at bay. If you disrupt the good guys, you 
you basically open the door to the bad guys and let them colonize. And then that's when you get bad breath. That's when you get caries and gingivitis, periodontal disease. As long as you maintain a healthy oral microbiome, uh, you know, the bad guys can't come in and wreak havoc. Absolutely. My campaign has been make, um, make germs cool again. That's, I've been saying that since COVID <laughs> basically right. hit, but I don't know if it's going to catch on or not. I'm not. Well, a you know, the, the so-called COVID experts are telling us to do everything except the use antibacterial, you know, hand washes, mouthwash. I mean, everything to kill the microbiome and basically putting us at risk at yeah. higher risk for COVID infection. Yeah. I mean, that kind of goes back to that conversation we were like joking about earlier. It's that it's the language that we choose to use now in the health space. Like everything does not have to be anti, anti anti-inflammatory, (laughs) anti-stress, antibacteria. And I'm like, it's about modulation and mitigation of things, not just getting, these are all very natural processes and things that happen in the body. Like we need to have balance with it. Absolutely. No, you're spot on. So I know that you also have the N- 101 so a nitric oxide skincare so talk a little bit about that because i'm trying to age like a porcelain doll so what who's benefiting from that what are the benefits i didn't even know nitric oxide could benefit my skin so talk to me a little bit about that well you know once we figured out we could make nitric oxide then you start trying to think okay what other applications can can this have and this goes back probably 10 or 12 years because my dad's a paraplegic from a car accident in 1984. so we've been dealing with decubitus ulcers pressure ulcers for most of my life Wow. Uh, and so we use nitric oxide topically on him to kill, you know, osteomyelitis infections in the wound and actually heal his wound. So with that, we thought, okay, how can we bring this to market in a way that other people can benefit? And so the skin is an organ, right? It's one of our largest organs. So just like if you don't get enough blood flow to the sex organs, they fail. If you don't get enough blood flow to the heart, it fails. If you don't get enough blood to the skin, it fails. So what does a failing skin look like? When you lose hydration, you lose collagen, fine lines and wrinkles appear, the skin sags, and you develop dermatitis or acne. That's an aging skin. So we thought, well, if nitric oxide can improve the function of other organs, it should be able to improve the function of the largest organ, the skin. So we developed a dual chamber nitric oxide delivery serum. You take one pump from one side, one pump from the other, you mix it in your hand, and then you apply it to the face, neck, and decollete. And you can actually see the product working before your eyes. You'll see your skin turn pink, showing an improvement in blood flow. And we're seeing through biopsies, we improve collagen deposition, we improve hydration, fine lines and wrinkles disappear. And it basically improves cellular turnover, regeneration. So you slough off the old cells, you make new cells that work properly. It's a very, that. very simple concept. We've got four published peer-reviewed clinical trials on that technology. And it's there's nothing like it on the market. In fact, most Skincare and beauty products are designed to mask the problem, right? They hide the fine lines and wrinkles. What we do is get to the root of the problem. We fix the underlying dysfunction, lack of nitric oxide production, and then the body can actually do what it's designed to do. Slough off old cells that don't work, provide new cells that work. They provide their barrier function. They stay hydrated and fine lines and wrinkles disappear. Well, that sounds like something we can all agree on, I think, in America these days. You know, we all want to look better to feel better. And skincare routines have had a real glow up over the past couple of years and everybody's been at home and all that. So um, that well, there's also... a lot of toxic. Yeah, there's a lot of toxic chemicals in, in most skincare products. So you have to avoid that. And look, we do yet about our chronologic, chronological age, but there's certainly things we can do to prevent looking like uh, we're aging. So yeah. that, that was the purpose of the serum. 
I love that. So everybody wear your big hat this summer. My face, I, that's like my joke. I'm like, this skin will never see. My face will never see the sun again, but the rest of my body will for my vitamin D. Um, so I want to just Lovely. ask you a couple of quick little follow-up fun questions, yeah. and then you can tell everybody where they can find you and your book and all of your great information because you are such a wealth of knowledge. Um, so number one, what is one of your health non-negotiables that is a part of your everyday routine, whether that's morning, nighttime, lunch, like what's a health non-negotiable for you? Well, look, I travel a lot. I give probably 50 or 60 lectures every year around the world. So, you know, I'm on the, I think I'm on an airplane every week for the past um, maybe many, many years, but I have to take a nitric oxide supplement. That's my, I do it every day, regardless. When I'm at home, there are other things, you know, I sit in an infrared sauna, I have a hyperbaric chamber at home. Um, so those are kind of my go-to. And then the other is, you know, I walk barefoot uh, yeah. and grounding. So the earth is a big magnet. We get electrons, we need voltage. So that's, that's very simple. It doesn't cost anything. And just 10 minutes walking barefoot on the earth is very, very energizing. I love that. What's one of your favorite travel snacks? Travel snacks. I'm not a big snacker. So I do a 16 hour fast every day. I typically eat my last meal at like five or six and then I don't eat until lunch the next day, but I, I don't snack. I mean, I don't, I'm not a big snacker. No snacks. Any favorite no. airport beverages, you know, a seltzer water you like anything? I drink pure water. And then I also drink pure water mixed with some scotch. Love that. All right. Life's all about balance. Yes. I used to travel quite, I used to be an airport warrior as well. And it is really takes a toll on the body. Oh, yeah. So hats off to you. Um, I think I might, you kind of already gave sort of an answer to this, but maybe a piece of underrated health advice and a piece of overrated health advice that you have maybe seen or heard over the past couple of years with everybody being a health guru these days. So an underrated health device well, obviously, I come from the world of nitric oxide, and I think that's why what we're doing is so important is people don't know about it. And so the underrated health advice is, you know, people still don't understand the importance of nitric oxide. And as we just discussed, it's so important to make some very minor changes in your lifestyle and habits that will have a major effect on your health and outcome. So the underestimated, and I hope if we do our job, that won't be the case in two to five years because everybody will know about nitric oxide and everybody knows how important it is. The over um, hype is, you know, cholesterol causing heart disease. You know, this has been, I've been in academic medicine now for more than 20 years and, you know, they want to put everybody on a cholesterol lowering medication. And, you know, there's never been any evidence in primary, secondary or tertiary prevention files that statins lower the risk of heart attack or stroke. What it does do, and they want to get your cholesterol below 200, then you become deficient in vitamin D, you become deficient in testosterone and estrogen, you screw up your hormones. So that I think is probably the greatest impact, negative impact on the U.S. population is getting your cholesterol below 200. Love that. If I had known that was your answer, we would have talked about that. I did my master's thesis on that topic. So it is something that's I a whole nother yeah, topic of discussion. That's a whole nother topic for all. We're going to have to have you back on the podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I am so grateful for your time. Again, I know traveling and all that is, you know, your schedule, you're speaking all that. So I'm truly, truly grateful for you dropping knowledge on here and such in-depth wise knowledge. So how can people find you Instagram, TikTok, websites, anything that you have where I think they can get your book on Amazon. So just all yep. the plugs. 
Yeah, so my latest book is Functional Nitric Oxide Nutrition. It's on Amazon. I've got an educational website. Dr. Nathan S. is in scottbryan.com. We've got uh, a six-minute video that'll tell you about nitric oxide. I do a monthly blog to try to provide some practical, timely, you know, some insight into some simple things you can do. Um, my Instagram is Dr. Nathan S. Bryan. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter at Dr. Nitric. Um, it's the main social media platforms uh, we're on. Got a number of products on the market. The skincare can be found at n101.com. That's one nitrogen, one oxygen, n101.com. And the lozenge at no2u.com. Love it. And that will all be in the show notes for all the followers. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I hope that your next travels are fun. And if you ever make it to Jersey, let me know. We'll have a scotch together. I will. Count on it. All right. Have a good one. Ciao. Thank you. Bye.